Alrighty, we are back on Tampa Bay Cop Talk. I'm Darius. Jordan. David. Oh, Andrew. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Wait, do y'all smell that? Y'all smell that? Oh, that was that booty performance that Liverpool just put in. Seven to two, losing to Aston Villa. That was a stinker to say in the least. That is one that we will hopefully not be talking for uh, too much longer, but we'll just get it off our chest as we sit here tonight, the day after the game. Um, starting with you, David. Uh, David, what the hell? Yeah, you know, you got to have a howler every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> I think the I think the thing that like bothers me about it most isn't necessarily the result because there's there's some flukiness to what happened yesterday in in parts of it, but I think the real thing that bothers me, and I think this is what'll bother Klopp, is just the way heads went. The everybody's energy dropped, everybody's heads fell off after the first mistake. And you know, look, you're on a team. You're 11 human beings. One of them is going to make a mistake. I get like it happens, but they did not adjust at all. And it's just, they reacted poorly to everything after that. And just the, the energy in the side, like you could just see like complete frustration for the mentality monsters. You know, that's not normal. And uh, yeah, hopefully something we not, we don't see a whole lot more of. <laughs> Well, it wasn't a fun one to watch. Jordan, you didn't watch the whole thing live. You had to turn it off. It was so <laughs> no, wonderful. I, to, yeah. I mean, before we get into who we're going to blame or what we could take away from that game, just kind of overall, what was your impression just based off the first 45 that it just had you enough? So there was like, I had two impressions of the game. The first one is like right at halftime where I had enough. Um, and it was just so clear that, there wasn't any way for us to get back into that game. Cause as David said, like the attitude, the, the body language, it, the effort levels just weren't there. Not what you expected. So, you know, do I sit and suffer another 45 or two or do I make the calculated risk really of being like, well, the chances they come back and this is like this amazing elation moment are very little. So I just turned it off. And then I just, because I had that football app, it just kept buzzing every 10 minutes. Like, guess what? It got worse. You made the right choice. <laughs> I think it was a good play for your mental health. I think it was yeah. a good play for your mental health, turning it off. I mean, not to like mix sports here, but honestly, I had to decide, am I putting my energy into a Bucks comeback or to a Liverpool comeback? Because it's one of the few times where they're like at, on at the same time. And I Barely was like, listen, happens. yeah, I was like, Liverpool won the league last year. I don't want to watch like everything I love about them be torn down in 45 minutes. So <laughs> we'll put that to the side. But then my second impression was when I woke up this morning uh, and I just felt terrible. And I realized I was like, this isn't like because like I'm getting sick or like, there's something else going on in my life. This is all stemming from a really bad Liverpool performance. And to be honest, it's been about two and a half years since we've honestly woken up feeling like that after a Liverpool match. And in some ways it was kind of cathartic. And I kind of like, I was just sitting there and I was like, man, I just, you just don't feel like this very much anymore watching Liverpool. And not that I enjoyed it, but it was kind of like <laughs> a reminiscing of like, man, Remember Roy Hodgson, how shit that was? <laughs> remember remember the end of Rodgers, Jordan, when you were telling everyone, no, just give him one more chance. 
Remember Stevie's last game? Yeah. And you had to spend a whole summer with that. Yes. Right. And so then I was just like, well, I guess that's, it's really just a reminder of how far we come. And I guess it's kind of good because we've all gotten very greedy and we've all gotten very spoiled to thinking like this team's just unstoppable. There's no way that anyone could beat them. And maybe it's, it's good. It's a good shock to the system just to reboot it and remind everyone like nothing is for granted nothing is given you can be as good as possible and, and it's just not guaranteed unless you do the little things that you're supposed to do um but yeah it was i had to turn it off at halftime and i've since watched some of the second half highlights if you can call them highlights low lights would be more appropriate term and yeah it just was not very good was it for everybody who was in the pits about the transfer window and then suddenly riding high when we signed two players thinking like, oh, we're good now. I mean, hey, you still got to do the work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is proof. Yeah. And, and for the proof of that, now for our voice of reason, the sensible one who's talking to us off the ledge today, to the man in the, in the box below me, Andrew, you, um, you were kind of sensible so about weird. this whole thing. <laughs> So uh, weird to have him be making sense. Okay, so before I make any damn sense, I'm going to make no sense. Um, okay, so just initial reactions during the match. I mean, uh, I was at the bar um, the first time this season, or actually in a long time, I, take, I took the misses. Uh, yeah, that's not happening again, clearly. Um, <laughs> bad luck. Bad yeah, bad luck. It, it's clearly her fault. Um, <laughs> no, but no, honestly, I'm glad she was there because – she looked at me like she gave me that bitch. You better have a sense of decorum. eye. you know what I'm talking about? Because, you know, the bar was packed and honestly it was, it was packed because of the, the NFL as well. But, you know, part of me, I think it was the third goal that I was so pissed off about that I, I would have thrown it like a chair if I could, like if she wasn't there, I probably would have thrown the chair on the ground, all that kinds of stuff. And then I had VJ who we interviewed for origin stories with me sitting next to me. And he was just like pat, tapping me on the knee, like a la Terry Henry to Jamie Carragher. He's like, hey, man, we just got to score four goals in 40 minutes. Get a goal every 10 minutes. We'll be fine. I'm like, I'm like, how are we friends? Shut the fuck up. I was, def- I was definitely doing that at the 30-minute mark. I'm just like, you know what? Get a goal every 10 minutes and you'll be fine. Like, or no, every 30 no, minutes, no. Fine. And, um, uh, and also, I ordered food at the bar. Uh, not happening again. First time ever. That's not happening again. Clearly, uh, all all multiple firsts happened that day. Um, so yeah, no, First not all his again. fault. All that shit's fault. But uh, no, I honestly, you know, I, I had during the game, I didn't, I couldn't even analyze what the hell was going on. I couldn't understand what was happening. I remember thinking, wait, wasn't that one goal off sides? It wasn't. I was like questioning my understanding of football like do i even know what rules are like do i know shit like what what's going on here uh like i i seen my brain farted just like the the players on the pitch and yeah for me the most disappointing thing um obviously the lack of effort but for me was van dyke i mean you know how long has it been since we've heard like oh how amazing he's been and don't get me wrong he's had mistakes since the restart but it's just you know, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe has some issue uh, with the armband. I, I don't know. I don't really care. That's something that that's like I don't have time to speculate on. Um, but there is some sense to be had in all this. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I guess I could let you guys talk, but I just want to remember, remind everyone that last year, another team in the south coast of England 
lost 9-0 against Brandon Rogers and uh, Jamie Vardy, right? And I, I would just like to read to you what happened afterwards. All right, I got it on here. All right. A week later, they go home. They, they visit the champions, Manchester City. They lose a respectable 2-1. They were winning the entire game and gave up two goals in 15 minutes to lose that game. Then the international break. Then they lose 2-1 to Everton at home. And then the week later, they play Arsenal. Or no, a couple weeks later, sorry. They play Arsenal. And 2-2, um, but they, they should have won that game had it not been for Lacazette. 96 minute equalizer my point being is that you know we are we have better players than southampton right so i don't think this is the beginning of the end or jurgen klopp's going to be fired in january or some right. nonsense although i was thinking that during the game i'm like oh my god oh my god <laughs> the bitch is gonna go he's gonna go <laughs> bitch is gonna go fsg linda she's gonna she's gonna put her foot down she's gonna go hap shit's gonna go pop off right and, you know, all my dreams and nightmares were coming together at the same time. Or just nightmares, actually. Well, now dreams and nightmares. I mean, I, I think that's whatever. A I'm going to call it an unintentional, intentional Meek Mill reference there. So, you know, Brownie points yeah. for you on that. Thank but you. No. I don't know. English is hard, but you get it. <laughs> before, um, before we get into anyone we kind of look at as, wow, he was shit yesterday. What, what were the any, are there any positives that we can take away from that game or at the very least, what can we credit Villa for from yesterday's game? Because there were two teams out there. And obviously in, in a game like that, you still have bright spots and you still have the opponents who are out there who are taking advantage of the mistakes you make. I mean, Jordan, we'll start with you. Like, what were some of the either bright spots or just like, okay, tip of the cap to Villa that you can kind of take away from yesterday? As the uh, foremost Villa expert on the pod now, <laughs> having, having in, I, I, maybe we shouldn't interview other fans anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe you shouldn't. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, to be fair to Villa, I mean, granted, the first goal, and it's going to come up later, yes. changes the whole dynamic of the match because it's ha when it happens, how it happens, and who it happens to. But they take the chance. And there's been plenty of times where we've done that sort of stuff with Allison on the pitch and the other team's just not been able to score the goal, even with Adrian in that. So they finished the chance credit to them. But from there on out, they, they had a way they wanted to play. Ollie Watkins said afterwards, look, we fancied our chances with the high line getting in behind. And it's no secret. That's what teams have done to us over and over again. It's just that we've been able to recover uh, and make up for it and not face as many opportunities as we face against Austin Villa. They had 18 shots, 11 in the box. Um, it, that's just insane. That's what you expect Liverpool to do to Villa. Mm -hmm. um, but credit to them and like credit to even Ross Barkley, as much as I hate the bastard. And, and Ollie Watkins looks like a good striker for a Premier League team. And Jack Grealish did all the things that Jack Grealish is really good at doing, providing assists and scoring goals. Some of those goals were really, really good. <laughs> And some of the movement on the goals are really, really good. Liverpool's back line, for whatever reason, was, wasn't was together. It was very sloppy. It wasn't even. Um, I guess you can call it the perfect storm. If I'm looking for a silver lining for us, though, it just obviously cannot get any worse. Like, this is rock bottom. Yes. This is Tottenham away from a couple of seasons ago. This It's not going to get any worse than this the rest of the season, which is good because it's very early in the season we got a plenty of time to make up ground or whatever uh, in our goals. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to Villa for 
for everything that they did. They had a game plan. They executed it. They took advantage of every single one of the mistakes that Liverpool made and they gave more effort and they cared more about winning the game. I Klopp even said it. He said, you know, Villa came out here and they wanted it more, which is disappointing from our group of guys. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, if you're looking for the silver lining, it just can't get any worse. It's the worst game Liverpool since the sixties. It's just not, if it does get worse, well, holy shit. I don't even want to imagine what that looks like. Is it next? Is it next week against Everton 10 nil? Cause that's the only way it can get worse. And it's probably not going there. So that's the silver lining. The other thing is, is you got to take note of anytime we've played piss poor under Klopp for the most part, right on the back of that, Good everyone's res- everyone's responded and Klopp's got him to turn the corner. So, but yeah, like you said, there's, there's always two teams playing. I know as Liverpool fans, we want to think, our way yeah our way our strategy is going to overcome anything but the other team's allowed to do better than us perform better than us give more effort and beat us they're allowed to do that that's why they're out there Um, and dean Dean smith the the way they set up they have jack Grealish on that left side where we understand the weaker side of the defense is on trent and gomez's side david i mean we had kind of talked about a little bit of the the formation and how it was a bit rigid so I guess you got to kind of say, all right, well played. That was a little bit of a chess move having Grealish, your number 10, out on the wing, and clearly it worked. Yeah, no, credit to them. Like Jordan said, they had a game plan. You know, they wanted to feed Grealish the ball and have him run at Trent and and force him and Gomez to make decisions, and and they did that. Um, I think we did not adjust well. We didn't make any adaptations to try to help them more. The midfield did not help them at all in a lot of cases. Um, Yeah, I mean, they – took advantage of what really, you know, I mean, look, I, I think if Jordan Henderson and Sadio Mane are in that game, I, I don't know as it, it concludes the same way. I mean, certainly I highly doubt they score seven just because of the intensity that those players bring and the expectation that they have for the people around them. And it's just, so they were able to take advantage of certain aspects of our circumstances but you got to give them credit. I mean, they, the, the fact that no, at no point did we cut off the passing lanes to Grealish or like isolate against him. There was, like I said, there's just no adjustment and they just, they just took advantage of it. So, but if this is some silver lining, I would say that, you know, this comes into an international break. And when you have a performance like that, you're all looking around the locker room, like what the fuck was that? Right. Well, if there's any tension or anything, you've got two week or week, 10 days, whatever it is, away from each other. And sometimes you go away, and I think with international duty in particular, you go away and then you go, I mean, you, you play under a lesser manager and you go into a team where there's no, you know, oftentimes the chemistry is not as good. And you go like, Oh yeah, no, it's pretty dope back at Liverpool. <laughs> there are worse football. There teams are much us. worse things out there <laughs> playing for Jurgen Klopp and the best team, one of the best teams in the world. So I, you know, they'll go do that and then they'll come back. I think and kind of go like, all right, everybody knows what we got to do. Hey, Here. I mean, a- Andrew, you know, the homie had a couple goals. Mo bagged a brace. Uh, like, yeah, honestly, I feel like we haven't talked about anything that was good. And I guess well, like, hey, I mean, Golden I'm, 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 I'm glad for Mo. I mean, that that's important for the rest of the season because, you know, obviously homie wants a golden boot, um, you know, uh, get that golden boot. That's fine. He was probably the only classy player on the pitch for us. That being said, I think, you know, the boys hit it on the head, hit the nail on the head, whatever, English. Um, international break, 
basically everyone took a vacation day and that's fine they all took a mental health day you know the mentality <laughs> doctors need a damn therapist they probably don't have time for a damn therapist they don't get to work you know, from home they get, they can't work from home they you know they had an off day i get it shit well um, you, you know what it was it was it was um they were doing a great job of adhering to the social distancing rules by staying yeah, six exactly. feet away they were from all like the oh i'm scared they thought they thought Mane got Corona. So they're like, oh, the ball must have Corona too. So like, that's just yeah, people. They're being responsible. Yeah. Being responsible citizens, you know, good on them. Um, no, but all serious, uh, you know, not jokes. Um, yeah. I mean, th- I think that's the only kind of good thing is that obviously Jordan said it can't get any worse. If it does, then, oh my God, uh, I'm <laughs> going to need to have two therapists on speed dial. Um, if it gets any worse, but for me, you know, again, they're going to have multiple games uh, during the international break. And the bitches that are not on international break, get to work. Jordan Henderson, get to work. Did Joe Gomez get a call up? I'm a, I got to drive him somewhere. He needs to get to work. I'll drive him to work, damn it. He, <laughs> he was horrendous. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I mean, for those folks, um, you know, they, they Adrian, you ooh, ooh, you you better be working 12 hours. Oh, oh, we'll get there in a second. We'll get there in a second. Oh, my God, yeah. That oh. – no, ain't no break for you no more. Take three days off, and then after that, you come back 12-hour days. That's, so, that's yeah. the way I look at it. No, but the only concern I have, though, is because, you know, in a normal week, yeah, they would have been really shit. They would have felt shitty for, like, the three days afterwards, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But then they have a game on Saturday, Sunday, and it's like, oh, a chance to put things right. But now since they're gone, yeah, they'll get rid of it mentally. But then when they come back, they'll have two days to prepare for everything. So whatever Klopp and 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 uh, lenders are thinking to to change something, I, I don't know. Again, I'm not a coach. I, I don't know. Is two days enough time to do something uh, significant against a team that's flying right now under Carlo Ancelotti and my boy James? Like, are they? You, because damn it, I want that record to stay. I don't want to lose to the damn Blues. You know what I mean? So or the Toffees, whatever. And um, so that's the one thing I do worry about. Uh, you know, in the short short term. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's okay to have a mislapse and I much honestly, you know, let's be honest, if this had happened to United or City or you know, quote unquote You rival, mean like it did? No, but no, 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 I'm saying like if we had lost in that matter to City or or gotcha I'm or just, United, no, no, no. that would have been much worse psychologically, right? Fair enough. And blah blah blah. But it, it's villa. Whatever. I only get shit from a friend of mine. It's fine. But it's needless to say though, for from a villa standpoint. Uh, congratulations, you won't be rele- relegated. Yay, cool. Um, you know, based on their performance, to, you know, last night, yesterday, um, I don't even think they'll be in the relegation conversation. I think no, you know, they could probably earn a respectable 12th or something along those lines. And That's maybe. exactly what the guy on the Austin Villa pod said, by the way. I know. I know. I done seen it. I done heard it. I know. <laughs> He's just trying to be I clever and throwing a plug. Personally, after watching that performance, I think – Top 10 is very possible for Villa. Yeah, with, with their signings. I mean, look at their goalkeeper and then Ross Barkley. I mean, F that guy. But um, obviously, him, him and Jack are going to have a, like a bromance like no other. Um, and then, of course, they signed that goalkeeper. So I think, you know, they're solid. Um, that being said, it's very frustrating. But again, you know, the, everyone needs a mental break. And I'm going to call my therapist tomorrow, make an appointment. Uh, but other than that, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And now for the moment we've all been waiting for. Who are you coming for? Whose neck are you coming for, Jordan? Start us <laughs> off. Well, 
I before I go for my main man and I, I dig into my goalkeeping mind, you know, yeah. uh, I think Andrew brought up a very interesting point that's been touched on slightly before, but we've never really blown it open. Um, Virgil van Dyke with the armband for Liverpool is not a great player. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because he has to focus on other things, but when it, that armband drops down the pecking order three spots and it ends up with Virgil van Dyke, he just doesn't seem to perform in the same way as he does when he has Jordan Henderson in front of him. Um, and like David said, I think there's a lot in, we've seen it many times what we lose with Jordan Henderson, mm-hmm. that, emotional driving force uh and Sadio Mane like you think back to the Man United equalizer pulling everyone back mm-hmm. maybe they're they're like 60% of the mentality mm-hmm. monsters mentality in the team I don't know but who do I blame the most I do want to blame more than the goalkeeper people like Virgil van Dijk Genie Vinaldum, you know Trent Joe who have been here long enough to know the standards and, you know, when you have a backup drop in behind you, you have to up your levels. You can't have three of the four back line and every single midfielder just not ha- show up. Like, it's just not going to go well for you. With that being said, <laughs> I th- I texted you guys this morning. I think we've reached a point of no return in regards to trusting Adrian, especially with the players in the team. And I think when we talked about the reaction from the team, uh, a lot of that has to do with Adrian being in goal. And I think it even comes down to how he reacted to the goal himself. There's a shot side-by-side uh, side of Jurgen Klopp yelling from the sideline at Adrian after he's made the mistake early on. And Adrian just doesn't even want to look over and acknowledge him. And when he finally does look over, Klopp just goes, Adrian, just, just boot it. And he goes and like turns his head. And to me, if you're not willing to own the first mistake and like help us come back from it and your mentality at that point is like, no, I'm not even going to acknowledge it. It starts to spread throughout the team. And I think the team's looking behind them and going, okay, we're a year into this Adrian experiment. And I think we can all agree that this guy has at least one major mistake in him every single game. And it's just a question of when it's going to happen. And is it going to lead to a goal? And so I would place a lot of the blame, at that first goal granted they didn't respond properly but if there isn't an incident to respond to do we have a chance for 10 to 15 minutes to grow into the game i don't know we'll never know i mean there's a number of things where things go wrong throughout that game of course you also have a penalty shot for salah early in the game as well if the ball bounces one way and doesn't the other woulda coulda shoulda maybe if but but you know if i would have won the lottery i'd be a billionaire who knows We, we could play that game all day long but sticking with who you're looking at and slapping on the back of the neck, whose neck are you coming for? Andrew. I mean, it, it's the entire defense, honestly. It's Van Dyke, it's Gomez, it's Trent. Um, Trent, I mean, look at the second goal. He's up there, but then he's up there pressing like he's supposed to, but then uh, what's his name? Watkins comes behind him, and then he just doesn't run back. It's like me playing – the co-ed league that I play in, I was like, oh, I literally can't run. So that's why I'm not going to track back. But like, I know he can run. I know the guy got his fitness. He, he just didn't, he's not like, I don't know. He was playing Fortnite in his head. Who knows what he was doing? So that's frustrating for me. Gomez, I mean, was a complete shambles. I, I don't know. Van Dyke though, for me, I mean, the thing I've always critic criticized Van Dyke on. And if there is a thing to criticize him before, and this is during his like, year when he should should have won the the golden ball thing the ballon d'or whatever balloon d'or yeah 
Yeah, that is that he's he's so good that it looks like he's not trying. Like that he's so calm and so like he looks like he's like jogging essentially. Like almost like no sense of urgency and for me that that sometimes could and as someone who likes to move at a million miles an hour, for me that that is like very stressful to watch. And and one thing I look at like for example, I know it, it's kind of maybe maybe I'm being too harsh but you know the, the deflected goal um you know it hit his foot and it goes in and i'm just thinking like you saw that like bro like move out the way like stop being so calm um and and just like for example barkley bark there was a one shot well he he missed this goal to be fair but he came through the middle mm-hmm. then dyke sees him but does but he, he doesn't run after him and barkley just goes through like you know what i mean like he's jogging he's just like i don't know like he's like with Frodo Baggins in the Shire, just like jogging, like, oh, I'm going to enjoy this meadow and scenery. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. So that's the frustrating thing I have. I mean, maybe I've had a beer, so like, I don't know. I'll have to look at the highlights again. I just remember yeah. thinking in my emotional state, like, can you can you put the intensity up a little bit? And, and yeah, man. I, and again, I hope, I hope this is the the thing that they think throughout the entire season, like this is going to be the motivation kind of like in that Michael Jordan documentary where Michael Jordan basically made up a a fake news story in his head just to (laughs) motivate himself to play well. He he made up a fake news story that some guy, that that they said some guy was better than him or deserves the MVP or something. Yeah. Some dude who was like, like the 12th man on the team was like going after him because Michael Jordan was crazy. Yeah, I want the I want the whole damn team to take this game and like use that just like Jordan did. And again, Klopp, if you're listening, this is the second time I'm saying on an episode, make the kids, make the boys watch the damn documentary because I want you want want Jurgen Klopp, you want Jurgen Klopp to be there with the tablet, just looking down, being like, and I took that personally. Yeah, basically, yeah. I want no, it's not just Klopp though. I want all the players to feel that way because. Yeah, I want them to be absolutely insane, just like I am. That's why I have a therapist on speed dial, because I'm insane. I want them to be insane. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Man. Like, they yeah, need man. to be insane. There's too many millions of people counting on them, you know? So, no, all shit's, in, you know, all jokes aside, though. Um, yeah, for me, it's, it's Van Dyke and so on, because Jota, for me, he had a fine first half. Salah was okay. Firmino was shit, but, like, you know... There's been a co- bigger conversation about Firmino in terms of, oh, is he the right? Do we need someone else? Whatever. I get it. People are going to cry about it. But that's people who don't understand. I mean, I get it. Firmino's not always stellar all the time. It's fine. Also, he had a great assist for Salah's second goal. So, for me, his bad performance wasn't as bad as, as obviously, the defense for me. So, that's it. Um, put me on mute for the rest of the time. I'm done. I, I'm I don't even know what else to say anymore. Other than like, bitches need to watch Michael Jordan. Bitches need to be crazy. I'll, I'll jump Mo- in and I was like, go to sounds like a broken no. man. A broken. Jordan, save us. No, I just wanted to say, I think the problem when Van Dyke does get the armband is that he's so calm that the rest of the players kind of take on that persona when mm-hmm. they, 
And like Jordan Henderson, when he's out there, he's an effort player. He's skillful, Mm -hmm. but he, he makes up for his lack of skill with the other players by just going a hundred miles an hour at all times. And I think that permeates to the squad. But when your captain is the guy that's never going a hundred miles per hour, he's always going 15 that starts to permeate to the squad. And maybe that's not healthy for, I'll I'll tell you what it is. It's like when you see um, a former great player becomes a coach or becomes a manager or um, like uh, is in player personnel their whole thing is they can't understand why all the other players don't just do what they did because dude, you're great. You're amazing. Nobody else can do what you do. That's why you are who you are. Virgil van Dyke is a player like that where he can make it look casual, something that is ridiculously tough. He makes it look easy because he's that kind of a smooth player. That's not a good leader all the time though, because sometimes you need to be the one on everybody's ass and getting them going where Virgil's like, well, why don't you just run it? 30 kilometers an hour and just beat him to the ball. Oh, you guys can't do that too? Oh, my bad. So, <laughs> so sometimes sometimes it does take someone who understands what it means to be a little less talented to be the, the ideal leader. And he, you actually, you do get that in um, Jordan Henderson a lot more than you get in Virgil van Dyke. He understands, Jordan knows his players a little bit better. If, if I mean, I, I love say. Jordan Henderson, but one thing you cannot say is that he makes it look easy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's you know, effort. It, it, it's, it's pure effort. heart, blood and guts, balls to the wall effort all the time. And I, I think you guys might be right on this Virgil thing. I don't know if it's a case of uh, I think the expression that comes to mind is "heavy is the head that wears the crown." You know? Oh Maybe my God! Look at David with his literary references. Get out of here! It's <laughs> <laughs> not even that hey, deep. Hey, of a not cut. everyone can read a book. Yeah, get your white privilege with that crap, man. Bro, Biggie said that. Come on. Yeah, man. Like a Shakespeare quote. I got all like, damn, he's he's like, he's calling me out here. It's a Brooklyn Shakespeare quote. But yeah, heavy is the head that wears the crown and continue. Sorry, David. David. Go ahead. Let's let's go ahead and put a a bow on who we're blaming for this. Uh for me, I'm blaming fucking everything. I'll start with 2020 because fuck 2020, (laughs) right? Like all right, so because of 2020 this game is different than it would normally be because there's nobody there. So normally what happens in a football match, right? Like we all know this. You've been watching this game for years. Villa go up two nil. And then that place turns into a fucking bear pit. Like it's a crazy atmosphere and it can go both ways, right? Like it can, it can spur them on, but it can also, it fortifies Liverpool. They pull together. They kind of get, G'd up by the fact that there's all this energy, right? Mo gets one back. What happens? The away end goes off. They get kicked on by that. The energy starts to change. Villa starts to, the the Villa crowd maybe gets a little bit nervous and starts to think, oh God, are they going to do to us what they did last year? You know, where they had a 1-0 lead, outplayed us most of the game. We end up winning the game 2-1. All of it changes though, when there's no one there. Because the momentum doesn't shift the same way. The mentality of it doesn't come into it as much. It's more just like a straight-up tactical battle. And on the day, they were better. They had a plan for us, and they executed it, and we did not adjust. And we can get into this another time. I don't know if you guys want to do it on this show or another show, but I really think that a big part of what is going to determine successful teams this year is your ability to kind of have tactical fluidity throughout the game. Like you're going to have to be able to adjust and, and set things in different ways and throw your opponent off because it is just straight up like a plain old battle between you. It's not, there's no one there to influence it anymore. So yeah, fuck 2020. Um, that, <laughs> Agreed. Um, no. And then, yeah, if I'm, if I'm looking at the squad, I mean, it just, 
I think his sub, when he went to go to the bench, he's like, I don't even know where to begin. It's probably what it was his first thought. Because when he does the Nabby sub at half, thought Nabby was like a ghost most of the first half. You know, he's not – the whole midfield isn't blocking any passing lanes. Like, they're just letting them move the ball freely throughout most of this – throughout most of the game. You know, Joe really let that first goal get in his head. I thought that he reacted so poorly to that and then was keeping them on side. Like, we were, you, you know, if you're going to play this high line, I mean, it's got to be ass hair tight. Like, mm-hmm. it has got to be water and a – couldn't get a BB up a butthole tight. Like, fucking <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah. Any more southern, get, you know, videos yeah. that you want to go for? <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's right out of South Carolina. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just learned something today, y'all. You can get a grease baby up his butt. Yeah, they didn't teach you that English in school. No. <laughs> English is hard, bro. Like what? No, but like seriously though, like it has to be hairpin tight. And so if you're going to be off, what ends up happening, especially when you have a keeper who isn't, you know. Look, quite frankly, we are used to having a unicorn between the sticks, right? This guy can be a sweeper keeper. He can block shots. He can be a distributor with his hands, with his feet. It doesn't matter. He's fucking incredible. He's one of the top three keepers in the world. He is a unicorn. But this motherfucker that was between the sticks yesterday is a horse. That's it. He's just a regular ass horse. And you cannot ask him to do all these other things, right? Like, you got to just ride this plain ass horse. Probably and- a mini horse, by the way, not even a full Like a horse. donkey, kind yes. of. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> He's just a regular ass mule, okay? Yeah. And so you've got to just plan for that. And when you're playing that line and you don't drop back enough, right? Like those two are two of the fastest center backs in the world, but they can't track back and close every gap every time. And it's not even conducive to good defending when you're running at your own goal at full speed. You're going to make mistakes. And they've got to make an adjustment there to where there isn't Sunday league levels of space in behind them, but they never did. And then on top of that, you look in front of them, like who's the first defender in our system. We said it when we talked about the final against Tottenham, right? Like Bobby Firmino made a stamp on that game. And when he was taken out, Tottenham was able to get into the game. Why? Because he was, he's the first guy, man. He puts the press on. So as soon as they're, they try to come out of the back. They're already under pressure. Well, yesterday he just did not have it, man. Like in the press, I know he gets that, that assist for the goal, but he was given the ball away all day. If you watch it back and I did put myself through that and I regret it, but <laughs> <laughs> he, he was given the ball away all day. It was a, it was a mess. And so, uh, you, you look at that, the midfield, it's just, it's hard to succeed when you have this much shit going wrong and you've got your regular ass guy between the sticks and, and then everybody's heads are dropping. And so it's just like, I blame 2020. Fuck it. I hate it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I think, I think to be fair to everyone involved, it was one of those games where you look at it, you can question the man in, in the sticks, but Allison, how much of a difference he makes certainly an emotional one, certainly a leadership one but as far as technically going and making saves you know you don't have the one he rolls away but at the same time realistically that was just not Liverpool's day I think that was the big takeaway from me but looking at any one player I almost feel like this is kind of the use case for Jordan Henderson missing him because you don't see 
the tracking back from the midfielders. You just talked about it with Nabi Keita not getting back. He did such a good job of it against Arsenal, failed to do so against Aston Villa. You don't have that deputizing at right back that you need when you have Trent going bombing forward and getting into the penalty area every couple of minutes. So you don't have that. That's the space where Grealish gets into and has all day long to set up. And then, of course, the back line was just a further mess from that. So I, I'm kind of looking at a, a, a few of the players who are missing and then, of, of course, still playing the same system that you normally play with the high line when you got just a regular-ass horse at the back. I kind of look at it from a couple of different ways. Are, was it more about the guys that they were missing or was it just the fact that they were rigid in the system? Uh, Jordan, what do you kind of look at when, when it comes to those two things? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough one. Because, and we talked about this in text, and so I'll reiterate it here. Uh, it's like, you know, this is a well-oiled machine. Um, and we've seen it. When you take a certain player out of this well-oiled machine, it, it falters. Um, and I know with Allison in the sticks, goalkeeper is kind of like a, an afterthought. Like, a, they get a chance in the box, and we're like, oh, shit. And we're like, oh, wait, we have Allison. He's going to make the save, whatever. Um, but it's, it's really so true that the system is all really built on the foundation of the goalkeeper and really the two center backs. Um, your ability to play that high line comes down to the pace of your center backs and your ability, the ability of your keeper to be a sweeper keeper. Um, and then ultimately because you want to play the ball, the other team's going to press. So then there's the distribution factor. Uh, and obviously your ability to play the high line and focus just on the high line comes down to your confidence in the goalkeeper. If you're having second thoughts about your goalkeeper, you know, if you're, if rather than being focused on exactly what you have to do and doing your part and being the cog in the well-oiled machine, you're going in the back of your head. Well, there is this guy back here that if the ball, the high line isn't held just exactly perfect, if this pass isn't blocked, he's not going to be there to bail me out. So you might not be as focused as you are. So then the question does become, can you change the system? But the funny thing about it is, is that the best thing for having a questionable goalkeeper is to press the other team higher up the pitch so that they don't get the ball in your half and they don't have opportunities. Um, the problem being there is that if your midfield and your, your false nine isn't doing the pressing job, now it's a high line with their midfield with the ball and the attackers in space, and you don't have enough players to stop the attack, really. Um, and, yeah, so, like, do, do we change the system to accommodate for Adrian is a tough question because now you're taking a well-oiled machine, and rather than taking one cog out and putting a lesser cog in, you are reforming the whole machine. And maybe there is a system you could play with three at the back with Fabinho kind of as of like a floating center back six role, and you still have your wing backs. Um, but you get more solidity at the back line and in the midfield. But I'm just hesitant to change the system for a guy for, for a couple of weeks when really the best thing for him is that we just press up the pitch and win the ball up the pitch anyways and do what we do best so that he's is rendered irrelevant because the ball never gets to him. But as we saw yesterday, when the ball gets to him, it's going south very, very quickly. And yeah. David, we're going to have that. Uh, we ain't got Pegasus. We got that horse for the next few weeks. <laughs> Jurgen Klopp did say after the game that uh, Allison banged up his shoulder pretty bad in training over the weekend. So it's going to be probably four weeks is his quote on a good case scenario, more likely six. So you're looking at about November, maybe middle November before you could see Allison back in there. So if I'm making you the head of Liverpool, if I'm making you Jurgen Klopp, what are you doing? Are you going to just 
freak out and park the bus or is it full steam ahead? I think, I think you could probably press on a little bit right now because I mean, I don't think you're going to see a change against Everton. I really don't. And I think that on most days your midfield isn't going to play in that shit. I think you're going to get a better press out of them and that will create a different reaction from your defenders. Right? So when you see yesterday, defenders backing off guys, backing off guys, backing off guys. I mean, all those deflected goals, except for the one that came off the set piece that bounced out, but the other two deflected goals, you see players backing off, backing off, backing off and giving them space to set up and shoot. But why do defenders do that? They do that because they do not feel guarded. They don't feel like anybody has their back, right? So they're just trying to stay in front of the ball. That's a that's like a panic-stricken moment in a defender's mind. So I don't think that that's going to be the norm. But if it were me, let's say it's just me, and I like to play around, because I think that teams, one of the things that happens is when you play a certain way for so long, it, it can kill, get a little bit stale. And guys want to start to venture out and kind of do their thing with it, which can be good, but it can also be bad. So sometimes you got to stick them in something unusual to give them, you know, make them bond a little bit, make them stick to certain roles, make them stick to kind of like a framework and work together to figure it out. I think that a three, five, two, I really just, I'm, I, I'm growing more and more into this idea, particularly now that Adrian is in there because as Jordan said, you have Fabinho kind of as this roaming center back. You have Van Dyke and Gomez, who are two pacey center backs that can keep up with the best strikers, the fastest strikers in the league. No problem. They're extremely good defenders. And then you give your your fullbacks a little bit more freedom, but you know they're still going to come back. But it's not all on Trent. Like if he gets burnt, he's just leaving Gomez one on one, right? So I and then. Your midfield three is essentially the same, but you can kind of set it up to where Bobby plays more like a 10 as like a central attacking mid and feeds Mo and another striker. We at Jota or Mane. Hopefully Mane is back for Everton. I don't know what the diagnosis on that is. 10 yet. days quarantine at the least. So yeah. there's a chance. You're right about there's them. Yeah. A chance. Yeah. So, but I, I, I can't. There's something in that that I just feel like because the the back three would probably play it back a little bit deeper. I mean, what was it the? I'm trying to remember which goal it was, but I think it's the seventh, right? We don't have anybody in our own half. We're playing a line that's in their half. The guy starts his run inside his own half when the ball is played. I'm like, he the guys know he can't be offside inside of his own half, right? It's like, no, you're. <laughs> that's no. So we're we're playing these ridiculous lines, and I kind of feel like it's time to step back, particularly since we have this keeper who is very human, and protect him a little bit more. And I don't know. I feel like the three-five-two setup, a three a three-man back line with three center backs might do that. I really hope Joel Matip, I don't, what's his injury situation? I don't remember, but I, I would hope he comes back soon. <laughs> I, I miss him as well as everyone knows. Cause I'm... like Jordan said, he's become a real bastard and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think, I think that it, it has some merit or even a four, two, three, one where you buy yourself kind of like a, a more, a system where you kind of almost have two defensive mids that if things if you're being put under a lot of pressure like that they can act as like the six at the back and it gives you a little bit more guard i don't know you know i we've played that way before i don't know what the plan is uh shakiri by the way is staying so 
we know that he doesn't really fit into Klopp four three three all that well, but hey, could we maybe shift to another system? And if so, does that open up a possibility for him to play more? I mean, I'd be interested to see that. So yeah, I don't know if I, I don't I don't I don't switch it for Everton because like Andrew pointed out, you only have two days to prepare. So it's not going to be like I'm not going to bring him in and go, "Hey guys, we're going to do something we've never done before before the derby." <laughs> <laughs> so that game, it's going to be the the same system. I think you see how that goes, and if if you're finding that you're ha- still having this problem, okay, then when we go away back to training in the week, we've got to have a discussion about how we fix this problem. And I, I think that does look like changing the shape a little bit until you get your your Pegasus back. <laughs> all right well i think we're getting toward the end of this one so let's go a little rapid rapid fire guys andrew i'm gonna start with you we're gonna go from what you kind of are are taking away overall from this last game and international break right now good or bad thing uh, yeah it's only good because uh you know they can you know go on vacation but Honestly, Darius, I'm, I'm done talking about this shit. I'm done. I'm done <laughs> I think we night. all are. That's why we're trying done. to wrap it up. I don't know why you called my name. I done told you what I want. But I want to piggyback on what David was talking about. And I'm looking at the schedule, guys. And obviously, we have uh, the Derby. But then we have weeks, uh, a week uh, until we play the next game. And we have both games after Everton. It's both at home against Sheffield and West Ham. West Ham are going down. Okay. Sheffield hey, United. Not. I, I think they will be. Damn it, David, did I interrupt you? you <laughs> we haven't let Andrews talk too much this episode. Sorry, okay. dude. One. Two, Sheffield United are, I, if I'm remembering correctly, they're not in good form. So what I'm basically trying to say is if I'm trying to piggyback on what David said, if we were to do another system, we have time to do it in, for those games. And the one okay. thing I'm worried about, because, oh, man, this is uh, – a fun game for me is November 7th, um, City Away. So, you know, I'm doing the math here because I love me some math. That's about four weeks away, right? So um, if if Allison is put in a bubble chamber or some shit like that movie Bubble Board and Jake Gyllenhaal, see that movie, kids, um, you know, maybe he makes that game and then we'll be all right. But if Adrian's playing, then, you know, uh, maybe I tell Vegas to, you know, maybe I throw down some money against Liverpool. Oh, no, I'm no, kidding. Man. Don't don't gamble, kids. It's not good. <laughs> not good for your wallet or your soul. So but, you're saying call up the Z Warriors, get the hyperbolic time chamber, get oh, them training yeah, yeah, Kami and Piccolo, and have Allison ready to go. All all the things. All whatever you just said. Dragon Ball Z, yeah. bro. I, I know you. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm joking. I've seen this. Guy. Um, <laughs> all of that and every other anime hospitalization <laughs> crap we put Allison in. It's get like some remember, sensu beans. Yeah, all of it. Um, because that's my boyfriend. He needs the best care. He needs mm-hmm. like presidential care, right? Um, all joking aside, though. Um, so yeah, I have nothing else to say about this game that hasn't already be set, been said. But I'm interested to see what what Klopp does. Part of me thinks he doesn't change anything. He just coaches a little bit better and like gives them a spanking. Maybe they just maybe the kids need a spanking. Maybe yeah, that's it. <laughs> maybe they need some parenting. No, but. I, I I don't know. We'll see. I'm stressed out about it. Clearly, y'all have made me stressed. <laughs> I just have to wait till to the Derby day, which I'll be even more stressed because I'll be half awake. Oh, It'll no. be nuts, though. I mean, I just uh, damn All it. Right. All someone else in canned foods. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's it's gonna be a wonderful one. We'll get back to it, Jordan. Now, international break coming at the time it is. 
Good thing? Bad thing? Uh, for, for the banter that I'm going through, it's terrible because it's two <laughs> weeks, right? Like before we get to either win again or it continues or whatever. Uh, I think like we said earlier, I think it's good mentally for the players to kind of get a break. They've been doing just club football nonstop pretty much since the restart without much of a break. Um, so it's kind of good. Refresh the air, change the scenery a little bit. Like David says, some of these players go away to like, you know, St. George's park. And some of these players go to, you know, the Egyptian national team setup is not very good. The, the Senegalese setup is not very good. They, Nabi Keita goes to Guinea, and I don't know if you've seen videos of the Guinea national team. It looks like, you know, something akin to like American varsity soccer. Um, they go away. The scenery changes. They come back. It's a new energy. Everyone's kind of swept it aside. So I think for the players, it's good. Jurgen Klopp obviously has some time to look things through and figure things out. Um, like he likes to say, he learns a lot more from our failures than he does from our successes. We had a whole lot of failure. He's got a whole lot of time to learn a whole lot about it. So uh, that's good. Work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Joe Gomez, if you want to feel better about yourself, you go train with Harry Maguire for a little bit. You're going to feel much, much better. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, the main takeaway for me is I, I got two takeaways. The, the first thing is, is like, once again, if you haven't been absolutely soaking up in every single moment that this Liverpool team exists and how good they are and all the things that they can or can't accomplish, you know, if you're not singing about us winning the league towards the middle of the season, and if you're not really enjoying it, you need to, because there's a quick reminder about how football goes for most everyone else and how it's gone for most everyone else for the last two and a half years that we haven't really had to experience that much. Um, and the other thing is folks, when you have a really, 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 really amazing goalkeeper, you need to also really, really enjoy that and soak up that because they're very rare. And the unicorn shout is very true. Uh, he is a unicorn and he it's amazing artwork what he does and I think you can see that when a horse gets the paintbrush well it looks like he's just shooting shit off the end of his tail <laughs> and that's it <laughs> I think you broke David he's got nothing left I, the imagery came to my head <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. That was poetry. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Well, David, now that now that we've absolutely broken you and ruined your night, um, what, um, what are you looking at with the international break? Just good to step uh, away, kind of. Yeah, you know, breath. sometimes you just need like a little, like he said, you got to mix it up. You get around a different group of guys, you start to feel something different, and then you kind of like when you come back, you're like, all right, no, let's. This is this is proper football right get here. The feng shui right. Yeah, you gotta you gotta just step away from it, have that moment. I think it can be a good thing, um, and you know, it's uh, it can't this kind of shit isn't gonna last forever. I'm, I'm trying to take the long view, and when you know you're gonna have a moment like this, you're gonna have hiccups through a season. Let's just get it out of the way now. Let's let's get the you guys had a howler. What matters is how you react. Klopp says that all the time. And what matters is what we do next. They've been saying it all day, so I think that that will be in the frame of mind. You know, uh, I there's a <laughs> you got to look at the bigger picture. I was, I was reading to uh, Darius and Andrew before we started this Bob Paisley quote that's floating around. It says a lot of teams beat us, or a lot of teams, yeah, a lot of teams beat us. Do an honor, a lap of honor, and don't stop running. 
They live too long on one good result. I remember Jimmy Adamson crowing after Burnley had beaten us once that his players were in a different league. And then at the end of the season, they were. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. So so remember that. Like, look, you don't know. This is just one result. It'll come. It'll go. It was a bad one. It was probably the worst we could ever imagine, but I don't think that's going to be a regular thing. So just put it to bed and move on. At the end of the day, you can almost kind of, I think we're going to look back on it and kind of laugh, you know? And there's that thing that was floating around earlier that uh, 76 team lost 5-1 away at Villa and then won the league in the European Cup. So don't and panic. I just, I just want to add something here real quick. Scoreline, 7-2, seven European Cups, two Premier League titles. <laughs> we have a big old laugh at New- the end of the season <laughs> when we do the double. And numerology. we go, numerology comes back. I'm back oh at it God. with the numbers, baby. <laughs> Dude, I just got, I got, I got super excited. Oh my exactly, God. it's a sign. It's a sign. More than anything, Don't, it's a he's sign. just a horse with a paintbrush. <laughs> I dare before it goes off the rails anymore. <laughs> Go ahead. Hey, this has been a wonderful one, guys. All right, last thing, last thing. Just raise your hands. Who's ready for Everton? No, no. Oh, <laughs> the Hamas no. guy over here. No, I, I watched their game. I'm very. Pick them out of the chat. They look too good. I mean, Hamas, my boy, is just lighting the Premier League on fire. I mean, I am less afraid. I'm less afraid of Everton when they're in high spirits, and more afraid of Everton when they're in the dumps. You know what I mean? The bigger and better they think they are, and they've got the upper hand on us, the more it tends to go wonky. The Divock Origi goal happened when they this thought is, that they were hot shit. Remember? This is true. The only the only problem with that is is that they have Carlo, which is yeah, he's, he's a good guy. But number two, to your point though, they still have Pickford. And last game on Saturday, he made a fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex mistake with his anybody, hands again. Can anybody so, explain to me why this dude can't catch a crossbar? football? <laughs> it doesn't matter. So maybe he he messes up and then Bobby scores a goal and then his confidence comes back. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I'm still nervous. It, it's two weeks. Call talk to me in four days. We'll see where yeah. I am. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get you on board. That is going to be an ass kicking against Everton for the Reds. Maybe a five nil six nil. We'll see. We'll get you on board for that next week. But that's right. when we'll talk Liverpool and Everton. This one, put it to bed. Throw away the tapes. Never got to talk about it ever again <laughs> liverpool and aston villa is officially behind us so to wrap this one up i'm darius i'm jordan david I'm <laughs> and there are going to be better days upcoming for <laughs> liverpool up the reds guys and we will talk to y'all later peace